if I never make love to you once again <laughs> If I never feel your tenderness again Will I ever hear I love you again Will I ever think of you once again Pick it up, Kia. Again. <laughs> yeah. That was dedicated to Kia because we had a mini freak out. <laughs> yeah. And I can't stop feeling about. Oh, oh my God. Tony, enunciate this. <laughs> Tony Michelle Braxton. Praise I the mean, Lord, niggas. I, I, I sang that entire song right there, that entire verse with the Kimberly Elise face. With a cry face emoji. Cry face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. That's, that's, that, that's that good worship cry face emoji. Did you just? Ooh, yeah, good night. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. That's Jade's silly butt. And I'm Kia. <laughs> And we're back to talk about all things adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the triumphs, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real-life grown-up in the year of our Lord, 2018. Uh, yeah, man. We're here. We're back. It's another episode. What's going on, sis? Oh, not much. Um, I have just been working. Per usual, I have not recovered from Atlanta. Um, cause I, I swung right back into a very busy work week. So, but I can't complain because it is everything that I asked for and more, and it's been a good season so far and I can't wait to continue it. Indeed. What about indeed. Yes. I mean, same Z's. It's taken me quite some time to recover from our time in Atlanta. Um, and again, I had to travel in the middle of last week to go to Manhattanville. Yeah. Shout out to Manhattanville. We had an awesome time. Thank you guys with so much. The, um, you know, the Black Student Union and the Center for Inclusion over there. Thank you guys for inviting us. We had awesome conversation. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, had to go to New York and back in, in one day's time. And after staying up half the night, like I was 22 years old in Atlanta <laughs> the weekend prior, I literally hit the wall this weekend and could not even see. <laughs> Sis. Um, Sis. Man, I was supposed to go out. out. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was supposed to go out and I was like, I'm going to just take this quick nap right quick. I woke up and it was 1145. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's like, I was literally so tired. When I got back Friday, I, I flew in Friday morning from New York. I went straight to work. I stayed at work until about eight o'clock. I came back here and I was thinking like, oh my God, I literally sat on my couch and in teared up and how tired I was like I I was like I am so tired so many things that I could be doing I needed to do laundry and like get my house together but I was literally sitting there like I am unable to can right now I can't even word I was overwhelmed thinking about the things that I had to do this weekend and I just was like I am so tired I'm stressed so I needed to kind of get get some time to refresh and uh refresh myself this weekend and I was able to do that a little bit um no 
a little bit, a teeny tiny bit, uh, but I literally spent a lot of time prepping for this week because it's an intense work week. I was telling uh, Naja, shout out, shout out to Naja. Uh, I was talking to him earlier today and I was saying, they made me work for every one of my coins today. They did not leave one on the table. <laughs> I mean, when I tell you I was typing for my life all day from meeting to meeting and I literally got, got home at 8.45 to set up for us to record at nine o'clock. But, you know, like you said, this is all that I asked God for. And I'm just praying that he'll continue to give me the strength to do it. I was in the elevator like, Lord, listen, you're going to have to just see me through this. I'm just so excited about getting in my bed. But yeah. Tristan was like, have you looked at your April? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You're bookington. You're booked. My April is stupid. I'm in Ohio, LA, DC. Um, can't wait to see you guys in DC. We hear that these tickets, I know we said they're almost sold out before, but they for real like <laughs> like we down to the single digits. <laughs> we down I to believe. the single digits. I'm so excited. Like oh, y'all God. really did not have us out here. Listen. Now we can talk about shows in other cities. So, I'm so I'm almost afraid. I'm just like, dang, I, I have to be honest. I didn't, I don't know that I thought that we would sell out. I mean, I thought, had no faith in you guys. None. No, I'm not going to say that, I'm not gonna say that <laughs> but I think it was more like, dang, like how are we going to have a show and sell it out? That's just wild to me. But in any case, we're planning to have an awesome time on April 13th at the Art Theater in Southeast DC. If you don't have your tickets, you need to make it your business to get that taken care of asapsually. B-I. Um, oh, and shout out to everybody who showed up for Asante's show. Oh, my God. And shout out to Asante. He did amazing for his first sure show, did. If I Were a Rapper. And I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> thank you for having me be a part. I'm sorry. Uh, I enjoyed I'm sorry. my role of Rainbow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he gave everybody, heart. like, Flavor of Love nicknames who were contestants. And uh-huh. so, my Rainbow. Um, so... I, that was such a fun time. Uh, Asante is on to something, y'all. So everybody, make sure that you tell him that I sent you so that he will plan <laughs> this in other cities because he tried to say it was done, but it can't be done. So no. I know you guys want to see this in other cities if I were a rapper. It is a music-based um, game like live show. So that's not anything that you guys have seen before. And I think that it's an amazing concept and I'm super, super proud of him. I'm very proud of him as well. I literally caught him crying on, on Saturday morning because I was like, I am so tired and I'm afraid to drive the four hours to New York and four hours back because I feel like I would end up in a ditch on the New Jersey Turnpike. (laughs) He was like, no, please. I, I mean, just because I'm just not built like I used to be built. And if I had planned accordingly, Actually, if I didn't have that meeting that I had at work Friday night, you could have just stayed. I could have just stayed. But listen, this is what happens when you got 47 jobs. Not complaining, but you got to do what you got to do. Still in all, I'm very proud of my brother, Asante, like Jay said. Um, Y'all look out for If I Were a Rapper, uh, the the live show, because it's coming to a city near you. I'm speaking that into existence right now. Same. Um, We out here, though. Check us out. Um, Yeah, shout out to Tay. And hopefully you guys will join us on uh, April 13th because I think Tate's going to help us. He's going to host, ain't he? He is going to host. We have some really fun surprises for you guys. So. Oh, man, it's going to be um, a, a way. All the super friends are coming out. Listen, it's going to be a <laughs> wing. Dang doodle. <laughs> but I think it's time for us to take out some trash. Oh, they do it. It's time to take out some garbage. Okay. Some basura. 
Um, and I did and shout out to Jess Hilarious on Instagram. Um, if you watch her videos, then you will get this reference. Cardi B is finally, finally, finally releasing her album. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Invasion of Privacy drops April 6th. Come on. So, you know, she had to hurry up and drop the album before she dropped that baby. Aww. Don't drop that. Dun, dun, dun. Just, hey. I, I think I'm the only one who has just not come to terms with the no. fact that Cardi is pregnant. I don't believe it. I actually haven't either. I, just I don't, don't want to. I mean, all signs point to, um, you know, thing and baby, baby and really? stomach. I don't. I just why do you believe that? I think the only reason I believe it is because she's just posting so differently than she usually posts. But then I don't believe it because her face hasn't changed. Her I feel like she would changed. say it, but yeah, like, her face hasn't changed. Right. So I don't really know. I know Cardi B has never been one to hide her figure. So when she wore that Christian Siriano number, people were very suspicious. Um, I really can't call it one way or the other. I'm joking when I say she's pregnant. I would not be surprised if she popped up pregnant, but I would also not be surprised if she popped up in a midriff top yeah. and a flat belly. So, um, but I am excited that her album is finally going to come out because I'm tired of, I, I'm a Cardi B fan. I'm very excited and supportive of her journey. And I'm glad that niggas can finally shut up and say she's only on features. I'm excited as well because two songs. we all have to respect Cardi's rise, her meteoric Word. rise to notoriety, right? <laughs> like she's just out here. Right. If you, I mean, if anything, y'all have to just, you have to respect the glow just up. Like that's grace. my biggest give thing. Give her her grace. Like, like that's the bottom respect line. Respect the glow up. Um, also, Sierra, she makes uh, super cute babies. She does. That child <laughs> probably, is precious. That child is gorgeous. I mean, I almost considered taking out my IUD and then I didn't. But it oh, is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous baby. <laughs> it ain't no different than bitches saying that they're going to pop their birth control pills. Um, so I just want to say that Sierra makes adorable babies. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is still running her jibs. Ooh, I mean, bumping <laughs> her gums. They just flailing in the wind. Just flailing. Soup cool is abroad. She will not stop talking. So now she is added on to the story that she already was sh called out for in a whole song from Beyonce where she's like, Tiffany, like, be quiet. Um, Tiffany Haddish has now added on to the story that now she was irritated at the party because an alleged actress on drugs bit her. <laughs> I just feel like this is a wild, wild story. And I just want to know, like, why now? Like, why break it now? What is, what is, why didn't we know about this, like, right when it happened? How is this just being released? And I mean, it came out on BuzzFeed, right? It can, I, yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, sure. I don't know. And Sanaa Lathan has spoken of it, like, no, I, I didn't. Like, who even, who even thought that it was Sanaa? Thought it was Sonale. How was she accused? They said Sonale Lathan with Britney Spears, so she got to be out here biting niggas. No, like see, listen. <laughs> well, if that case, and so did Tamar Braxton. Exactly. What's y'all saying? I think she really actually with Britney Spears, uh, uh, Tamar Braxton. But that's that's another story for it. I feel like she just started afresh. Everybody's entitled. I've been to the barbershop. They are. Yes. And yes, you have, yes, sis. I have. And I know you. And I know you to be well in your right mind. Uh, 
<laughs> um, but Tiffany, just because you had to sign an NDA after doesn't mean you should continue to talk about the same party. Just take a lesson and take a seat. <laughs> I just, I would just love to pick her brain. Cause you know, Tiffany is a great storyteller. I just want to know yeah. why now, like I'm interested as to the timing of this, of this latest breaking news, but Listen, because, you know, I like to just like, you know, I like to tell stories. So I just thought the people needed to know. Cherry pick, cherry pick, cherry pick with your fingers. Bad bitch. Mm. I just needed y'all to know what happened at the party. That's what I imagine she would say to you. Uh, Mother Sicily is being honored with a hand and foot ceremony at the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Oh, yay. Uh Give her her flowers. While she yet lives, please. Forever. God. <laughs> I am like, I'm like, this lady, please give me your your juice of life. I need some <laughs> of that in my juice of life. <laughs> I don't want Sicily's juice of life. That's... Why not? Sicily <laughs> is still out here working. I, that's what I want. If, if, I'm going to be working. out here and be 197. I'm at least be out here making it Making these oh my thorns. god! <laughs> Come on, Sicily, and looking good doing it. She is still out here giving all of Annalise Keating's mother at ninety-seven. Come on, she's out here. Tyler Perry film. She's playing the grandma at the family reunion. She's out here. She's everywhere. Like y'all don't even know. Y'all are mad. I want her. I want her juice of life. Like I want it. Um, maybe it's that cactus stuff that Keisha's mom makes. <laughs> <laughs> she is 93. Um, Cicely Tyson. Oh, her birthday is two days before mine. <laughs> of course it is because queens are born in December. Oh, God. It's okay. You can be upset. It's fine. I'm not upset. Um, I was born in the month of Beyonce. So I, too, have greatness in my bloodline. I, I won't um, argue with that. I will not. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much. And then finally, the trash mm. to end of trash. Uh, Star Jones got married again, this time to a heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, her husband was Gal Reynolds, honey. <laughs> Gal Reynolds, hey boo. Uh, hey boo. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> so, I, I guess, congrats sure, to her. why not? Cool. That's, That's cool. what's up. Right. Not my auntie, but maybe it's you guys, so. I mean, I don't have um, nothing against Stara. You know how the old people no, say she's hang just on not my. Like she's that. just not my aunt, though. You, she, she just. Well, what is she doing now? Anything? I don't know. Let me. I can't. Okay. Can I admit something? I don't dislike Star Jones, but like. Yes, you do. She's got shifty eyes. <laughs> and I don't like, I don't trust her eyes. Like every time I look in them, I'm like, I don't trust those eyes. So she's kind of like that, like your friend's aunt. Who, you know, you're always polite, you speak to, she ain't never done nothing to you, but like always in the back, you just be like, ooh, I don't know what it is about that lady. Yeah. Something like that. Something like, like you in your Shondo is just not adding up. Like that's how something that's is how I feel not, about yeah. Jones. I just feel like he's lying. Yeah. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. I don't believe anything that he says. <laughs> it's like my spirit knows. I'd be like, Quincy lying. Shut up. Like that's fine. But I'm for the trash. Is that all the trash? That's all the trash I got this week. You got anything, or you're, or we're done? I don't with? have any trash. I have been in the bowels of Google Scholar. <laughs> I don't know I'm that's not right. anywhere else. Like, I had to pull that off very quickly because I have been in mixing bowls with whisks and, and the kitchen wrist twisting with the stir fry. So um, we can move right on to shout out to my sis. 
Ole do it. Hey. My sister's popping right now, like. It's time for shout out to my sis. Hola, hermanas. Oh, man. It's been a while since you've given us the uh, <laughs> Spanish uh, translation there, but... I was listening to the Coco soundtrack, feeling festive. I saw Coco in the Target at the, at the checkout line. I was like, Jay told me to buy that. Sis, you gotta watch it. You must watch Coco. <laughs> I told Crystal, she was like, bitch, I bawled my eyes out. I was like, I know. I told Who you. Who was it that told me that they... Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't... Fran told me she fell apart at Wrinkle in Time. Let me tell you something. We went to a Wrinkle in Time. Me, Fran, Crystal, Tay, Bobby, and Noah, and Tristan. Aww. And um, it was it was Crystal's third time, so she was on Auntie Crystal duty so that I could watch the movie. And Fran, let me tell you something. We did not take Noah to see a Wrinkle in Time. We took Fran to see a Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> I need to go see it too. I think I'm just going to go by myself. That way, if I need to have an emotional breakdown, it won't be awkward for anybody else. I'm going again. I, so I have told you all that A Wrinkle in Time was one of my favorite kids' books um, when I was a young lad and a big A reader. young lass. A young lass. Thank you. Get me you together, go. Scotty. Come on. Scotty. Uh, <laughs> get me together. Um, Scotty. Uh, but I love the book and no, the movie is not a perfect adaptation of the book. So don't go looking for that. But if you just go looking and you, you know, you receive the message that they're giving, I think you're really, really, really going to enjoy it. And it does have some, um, it's got some reality checks for your girls and your boys out here. So I definitely think it's a time. There are a few books in the movie that, that got it right. So, I mean... I think we should all temper our expectations to that effect. Like, absolutely. If you read Hidden Figures of Book, you know it's not the same. Yeah, if you read Hidden Figures of Book and then saw the movie, then you would you would feel just as gypped as I did. And I saw. I think I go into like I was going into getting uh, to a wrinkle in time, thinking like, oh, okay, well, let me just ready myself. I'm just just going into it thinking like this is a movie. I'm just going to watch it for what it is, not necessarily comparing it exactly. to every single aspect of the book. Exactly, exactly. So if you do that, stop comparing it to Black Panther and celebrate the fact that we have two Black directors in the top two spots in, in all of history, then we can all just enjoy all of this Black girl-boy magic at the same damn time. Yeah, man. All right, so let's actually get to the shout-out. <laughs> We're just so easily distracted. Uh, so yeah, this uh, week's I'm going to read it now. It says, hey, big sisters, Key and Jade. I just love you guys for <laughs> nicknaming my nickname. That's right. Um, <laughs> she says, my name is Crystal, and I'd like to give a shout out to the following women who run nonprofits and awareness organizations. Mildred Washington, who runs My Sister's Keeper, which is a women's empowerment group. Cinnamon Key, Jamila Wellness, which is a mental health awareness uh, group. Shay Dupree who runs Divine Daughters of Destiny, which is a mentorship program for girls. Brittany Bell, who runs Life in Teal, which is an organization dedicated to ovarian cancer awareness. Shonda Roberts, who is uh, the head of Pain to Purpose, which um, focuses on domestic violence awareness. Crystal Shepard and Friends, which is uh, who runs a, a group called I Am Jewel, which is a mentorship organization for girls. And uh, Crystal Pearson, the author of the email, who runs a nonprofit uh, called Feed Some Folk Project, which is a community service for people in need. These uh, groups call themselves the hashtag us for them alliance because we are for them. Them referring to the wonderfully made organization 
Wonder, Wonder Spell, W-O-N-D-H-E-R-F-U-L-L-Y, made organization yes. which mentors teen girls in the areas of spirituality, financial, mental, and physical well-being. These women have agreed to partner with me to host a benefit raffle for wonder, wonderfully made second, second annual retreat. This is a major shout out to hashtag us for them Alliance because none of us are getting broke off. So that means all proceeds are from our raffle fundraiser will be benefit the event. It also shows that we as black women and women period can come together and do something meaningful for these young girls who are coming up behind us. They need to know we have their backs while they develop and start to get grown. I love us for real and my sincerest Monique voice, peace and <laughs> blessings to the getting grown podcast. Thank you, Crystal. Um, and to find out more about the hashtag us for them Alliance, um, we can, uh, we'll post a link in the, uh, Description box is www.fsfpo. Is it? Oh, I think I have to check out, see if this link yeah. is live. Well, there's a link that there's a link below. So we'll be sure to post all of the information in the description yeah. box. Sorry, it's kids. Incredibly dope what you guys are doing. Um, in it, and yeah, when you bring women together, especially black women, we are a powerful force. So make FSF sure you guys check out project. the um, yeah. yes, fsfproject.org. Um, FSFproject.org. Hashtag us, number four, them alliance. Um, and again, we will post all the information in the description box. Sounds good. All right. He's performed for sold out audiences. He sung for the Obamas at the White House. He won a Tony for best leading actor. But before he landed the role of a lifetime in Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr. paid his dues for years and had to make a lot of hard choices. Now he's talking about it to help you unlock your true potential and achieve your goals, even when they seem impossible. How do you know when to play it safe and when to risk it all for something bigger and better? How can you surround yourself with people who will care about your dreams as much as you do? And what can you do each day to make tomorrow better? These stories will inspire you, motivate you, and empower you for the greatness that lies ahead, whether you're graduating from college, starting a new job, or just looking to live each day to the fullest. Read Failing Up, How to Take Risks, Aim Higher, and Never Stop Learning by Leslie Odom Jr., available now wherever books are sold. It's time for Welcome the back, boys table. and girls. Oh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we're talking at the same time because we're that excited. <laughs> um, and you want to know why? Because we have a guest today. Hey. Uh, we have a special guest in the house. Uh, is it is it Sonia or Sonia? Sonia. Sonia. Sonia Lewis, also known as the student loan doctor, is going to be joining us for this uh, segment, uh, the Kitchen Table Talk segment. And we're going to talk all about student loans and we're um, and, you know, how we can kind of get those paid because, you know, they got our foot. They got their foot on our necks out here. I'm so excited. I'm so deady. So I need this. <laughs> Yes, I have. I'm sitting on just about a range, a Range Rover's worth of student loan debt myself. I'm very excited to get some uh, some tools and resources and information to help me out my situation. So I want to introduce to one and all uh, Sonia Lewis, the student loan doctor of the Student Loan Doctor uh, uh, LLC. And I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. Say hi to the people, Sonia. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So please, please. Yes, we're so excited, as you can tell. Um, can you just tell us, you know, who you are, where you're from and how in the world you got 
hemmed up and helping the black people uh, <laughs> pay their debts down. Of, of Wakanda. No. Um, yes. Yes. Exactly. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. No. So, um, you know, long story short, I went through my own journey with my own student loan debt. Um, and as a result of me helping myself, I realized I was able to help others. So I did that first for free for a long time um, as a form of ministry, if you will, um, via church. And then um, I realized that everybody and their mom was coming to me for help for free. And I just think that you should be rewarded because your time is money. So I was like, I got to figure out how to make this into a business because I'm on to something here. And um, I know that's right. at first it was like a cute little hustle. I just really enjoyed the extra income. But when the hustle becomes outside of a hustle and becomes more than what you're making in four hours, then when you go to work, it's no longer probably just a hustle. Amen. So I had to figure out really quickly how to scale and grow it. And that's exactly what you did. I, I, I learned of what you were doing um, through the shade room. And then I visited your website and I was just literally blown away by all the services that you offer. So tell the people how they can find you and what are some of the things you guys uh, specialize in over there at your company? Yeah, the shade room was a blessing. Um, Aisha from the shade room was so awesome. She called to hear the story. I told her the story like 10 minutes or less. She was like, love it. Posting it. I'm like, okay, I didn't know what that meant. And then I found out later what that meant, you know, 700 new clients later. So we love my yes. issue from the shade room. We'll probably have a national holiday for her. And I'll yes. <laughs> I will come to the parade. I will come to the parade. Yes, but she's awesome. Um, but what we offer, you know, really I call it like hope in a bottle. So if you're coming to us, it's because you probably have tried yourself to figure out your loans. You probably are in a place where um, you're just over it. And you probably tried to get some good answers because I know that our clients are really, really intelligent. Hence, all of the degrees or the debt can kind of verify that. But you have to remember when it comes to people and their money, sometimes it stifles them. Sometimes it's a roadblock and it doesn't look too, um, you know, appealing to really sit down and figure out a plan. So we can help people before there's a need or we can help people certainly in the midst of the need. Um, a lot of our clients call us like right when things are about to go left. So I feel like we're like the Olivia Pope of student loans, if you will. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it's... Come on and fix it. Fix it. Yeah, we fix ASAP. And, you know, we're a very, very quick service. We're not long and drawn out. And we're very, very proud of our prices as well because technically we're like a third of what other companies charge. Um, and we did that because we really believe in volume. Like we know there's a lot of people to serve. And service shouldn't be a, a barrier. Like it shouldn't be, cost shouldn't be a barrier to good service. Um, so I call us like the Tarjay of student loans, if you will. That's right. Um, and we know, and everybody knows that we love Target. <laughs> Every, love so Target. Everybody. And so most people find us through our Instagram page, the student loan doctor and our bio link. There's always a start here. And, you know, we have a really, really simple process, like a free discovery call to the consult to actually doing the work. So there's a stair step process. Just so that one, we can make sure the person really is the client that we want to serve and that we can serve them. And two, we don't want it to be a charge for you to talk to us. Um, we know within five minutes if we can help or not. And if we can't, that's okay too. We will tell you and send you to a resource that can. That's what's up. Y'all getting it done. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question, Sonia. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I've read on the website and I see all the services you guys offer. I think it's amazing speaking to nonprofits and everything. 
But how do you go about, do you guys help those who don't necessarily have student loans or, or, you know, they have just their in debt in general? We can. So I do that in the form of like a budgeting appointment. Um, I'm a three time published author and two of my books are based solely on budgeting because what I realize is that in general is just something that people need a good plan for, but it also lives in its house in their budget. And so I know that seems like really, really simple or, tr- or trivial, but you have to remember that a lot of people actually don't, uh, what's the word, how do I want to put it? A lot of people actually don't take the time to chart out their monthly expenses and finances. So we do that with people. Um, we offer other um, services in terms of just a general overview of looking at their credit. But we have an awesome, awesome credit partner or partners, I should say, that if it's some like, nitty gritty work when it comes to looking and doing work with their credit, we will refer that person over at that point. That's awesome because I know so many. I don't necessarily have student loan myself, but that does not mean that I am not in debt. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Like I have a family and. And budgeting a household is super important. So I think that's a really awesome service. Totally. I know that you're based in Philly, right, Sonia? Yes, Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah, I could finish. That's it. Uh, so like, are, is that where most of your clients are? Are they local? Or if someone is out of state, um, do you offer services remotely? Oh, we, we serve nationwide. So I would say within Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, probably 70% of our clientele but the funny thing is, we still don't see them. A lot of them are just by phone or virtual. We have a lot of clients from California, Atlanta, and New York, and my wow. And so we can work with you by phone or by our virtual classroom. Um, so wherever you are, we can be, and we're open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So if you're on the West Coast, um, we're up too. So we have different coaches that work different hours to serve the different audiences. Come on, 24-7. I know, right? Uh, you virtual have classroom. A, a full-fledged <laughs> organization over there. So you got staff, okay? Y'all better get in. Right? Yeah, and I think that's the funny thing. When you like look at my page, and we're doing some work around rebranding, because for me, it was just me a long time. But now there's a team that I have of seven women. It's not just me. And you so better employ I think it's such a compliment. Can I say it again? I said, you better employ the people. I love it. I love yeah, it. So three or four times for our, our part time. And I think what's cool is that I, I have to train people like everybody doesn't have to speak with me directly because a real business, a true business, a scalable business, you're not talking to the CEO. As a matter of fact, the CEO never has to do a day or part of the process, to be honest with you. Um, I do it because it's my passion and I love it. But in order for this thing to grow as like I believe God intended, I had to come out of my business. I had to replace myself. I had to hire as if it was looking for another me because it's not going to be me. Um, And technically, what's funny is, and I think we've already seen this uh, at least for the last four months, there's been a lot of clients that have gone through our pipeline that never have spoken to me. They probably never will because they're already working with their dedicated coach. That's right. Work smarter, not That's harder. That's right. I'm not mad. You're just inspiring me to get my little life together. Right? <laughs> like, I'm about to get me a whole million, a right? whole bunch of million coaches. I mean, chefs. <laughs> about to have a squadron out here. Um, I did. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, you know, like was, like I was saying... Um, before I did a little research, you know, I sort of my my PhD is all about higher education, and y'all know I can't stay out of the data because that's just how I'm built. Um, but you know, Inside Higher Education published a study late last year, October of 2017, that said that 49 um, percent of all Black students who took out loans 
um, you know, for school had defaulted on at least one loan within a time frame of 12 years. Now, that that statistic is is more than two times the rate of white student borrowers and more than four times the rate of, of Asian student borrowers. So why is it why do you think what what is the hiccup for for us? Why is it that people of color are having such a hard time when it comes to paying your student loans back? Well, it's a couple of things. There's a misconception mm-hmm. of how to manage money. Um, and understanding what that student loan really is in, in terms of being an investment um, and not free money, right? Because there's a conversation that's not being had about how to manage borrowing correctly. Um, the other part to it is, is that depending on the field that we see a lot of our students study, um, if you are borrowing 60, 70, 80,000 at the undergrad level, but you're set up for a communications degree, no shades, anybody communications but thirty. Tell it though. This is facts. This is so facts. The yeah. people need to hear this. Thirty thousand, or you know, our, our you know our brown babies love the ologies, the sociology, the psychologies, and I'm an anthropology, so I'm a part. Of, I'm a victim of it, right? Because because the social sciences make us feel good, but those degrees don't make any Same. money, like Kanye said. <laughs> so. What happens is you you go to your HBCUs or you go to your your schools that you're really, really proud of and you leave with this debt price tag of 60, 70, but you're unemployable most times or you're making 30,000. Now you're just trying to eat dinner, not thinking about a loan. And so when it comes time for repayment, it's just another thing that you're going to ignore most times. That's so real. I think one of the things when I was advising students, um, I, I used to share advice that I received as an undergrad, because, you know, I have a, a bachelor's in psychology. Right. Mm-hmm. And my advisor at the time told me straight up, she was like, especially for us, for brown people, a BS in the social science is just that BS. It's like, it's not going to do you much good. Um, that's why we have to be strategic. And no one's saying that you cannot study these things if these are where your passions lie. But you have to be strategic in how you craft your, uh, you know, education plan for the career of your choosing. So I knew that once I was graduating with my bachelor's degree, I couldn't stop there. I knew that in order to make myself more marketable and to be able to re- to, to uh, see a return on the investment that I was making with my student loans into my education, I needed to continue to pursue and to pursue like, you know, I, my student loan debt, the bulk of it is from undergrad. Every graduate degree that I have after that was on them <laughs> because, um, I had to, you know, and me building that education and that experience at the same time was, um, you know, how I am now positioned in uh, a a job and career where I can actually feasibly make my student loan payments. Right. Yeah, that's what's up. So, yeah, that's awesome advice. You talked a little bit about misconceptions um, when it comes to debt. So are there a lot of misconceptions that you hear? What is the most common misconception that you would say uh, that people have when it comes to student loans and student loan repayment? Um, I think the common misconception is that it has to, that they don't have to repay it. You do have to repay it or repayment will oh, start Lord, for itself. Um, and so I think that's a big challenge is understanding how repayment actually works and that it is real and it does have to occur. Um, I think the other thing is not understanding all the things that affect such as your credit home buying, like you cannot buy a home without your loans being in repayment now. Um, I think there are things that post-college, and this is what we try to educate our clients on, it's like the class you never had. There's so many things that it affects post-college, post-grad school, that if you're not aware of those things, that you're setting yourself up for failure. So the more debt you have, the less chances or likely you are to be an investor. Real estate investing, stock investing, you just don't have the money to do it. So, you know, you really have to figure out what your personal plan looks like, because while 
We want you to repay your loans and be responsible citizens. We also want you to live. And then we want you to be able to pass something down in terms of legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But the only way you're able to do that is if you jump ahead of it and make a plan and not have a plan dictated to you. This is real. I hope you guys are writing all this down (laughs) because I'm, I'm taking copious notes over here. So let me let's just for those of us who are who have student wet student loan debt and are dealing with, you know, just that overwhelming anxiety. It's just like, man, I'm looking at this large balance and I got to pay it off one one payment at a time. And it seems like it will never, ever get done. Like, uh, are there real options for those for, for, for those of us who are hard dealing with significant debt? How do we manage our anxiety around it? Like. Help us, please, because we're struggling. <laughs> so there, you, there is a plan that everyone can make for themselves. And the thing is, you really try to not have anxiety when making your plan. And I speak that from a perspective of there's a plan in place I have for myself. But I think that what happens is most people um, become so debt, um, excuse me, become so filled with anxiety that they don't even see a clear plan for themselves. And that's why our business is super valid for a lot of people, because we're giving you the plan. We're giving you the layup. You just have to execute it, right? I think that the other thing people need to remember is that your plan is going to change year to year. So what you're making this year, I hope that when I meet you in five years, you're not making the same thing. Theoretically, you should be making more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's at that point Amen. that you would change Absolutely. the focus of your repayment for, you know, for the greater good um, and that you're able to get more on top of it. And I think that if, if people really understood, I talk a lot about this when I do different interviews, if people really understood their gift, it's a lot of money inside of your gift. And I think that most people spend the wrong things and the wrong time on being in positions and jobs that don't serve them and they're not able to serve others. So you don't make any money. Say that again. Yes, exactly. So I, I always challenge people you know, really dig hard and think about what is your gift? Like, what do you do so well that we have to pay you six figures plus four? And that's the thing that if people really spend some time with themselves and got to know themselves and could ask honest feedback questions to others, there'd be a lot more money to be made than what's being currently made. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Finding your lane, walking in your purpose and learning how to make that purpose work for you and for your family, you know, your legacy, like you were saying, like, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the job, right. Versus, you know, like you said, what your gift is, where your passion lies, what's your purpose. Like I tell, I tell people all the time that I'm constantly striving to be like who God had in mind when he said, I'm going to make me a Kia. Like (laughs) I want, I want to be that girl because I know when I find that lane, then all the opportunities that he has for me, all the doors that, you know, are, that are lined up and synced up, to, you know, bring me to, you know, where he wants me, like he's going to, he promised he would foot the bill, right? Like that's just, that's just what he said. Right. Let me just ask you this one then. Okay. So let's talk about preventative measures. So I know, I know I saw on your website that you have, you do some speaking engagements, you know, for high school students and, and people who are currently in college, like what are some mm-hmm. of the things, you know, talk about some of the services or information that you will offer to people who are, in the position to borrow so they will have this information up front and can make, you know, healthy choices. And so wait, which age group are you saying? Who would I give this information to? So I thought I saw on your website that you have services for, you know, college mm-hmm. students. 
um, or high school, high school students, high school students, right? The high school so, audience and college groups. Yep. So that would be more so if I was meeting with that person and a parent. Um, that's called a financial aid review where we can chart out in terms of uh, expense wise what loans would look like for that student. Thinking and considering what scholarship should look like into this equation. What can the family contribute, if anything? And what grants are possible for the student? So that for me is taking the award letters from the different schools that that person is considering and having a very black and white conversation, mom and child or father and child or parents and child and laying out like this is what you can afford. This is what you cannot afford. And, and I think sometimes having that middle person, myself or my team, do that with the student makes it much simpler than mom and dad just don't want me to go to this college. No, mom and dad can't afford for you to go to this college. We're going to have to refinance their home, which is something I'm highly against, highly against. Right. Because now we're talking about not only is that parents' generation, right, affected by this college debt and the student is affected. So you mean to tell me we got to wait till grandkids come along for, you know, (laughs) the the family to be reset up because we just went into $70,000 debt for a name brand school. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. I also, um, I see that you guys do like first time home buyers um, mm-hmm. consultations as well. Does that kind of entail the same thing as a consultation that you would do with like a new student? Well, we work with clients pretty much, like I would say anyone 25 years and older. So a general consultation for us does include the home buying component, because if you share with us that you're looking to buy a home, then we can tell you which actual plan you need to go into so that you can be approved for FHA or conventional or a VA loan, depending on what you have going on. Um, and then we compare you with a home buyer expert at that point. But from a, a student loan perspective, we know like what that plan needs to look like. That's awesome. That are these are these are such tools that especially people of color need because for so long we've been we haven't been afforded mm-hmm. the um, financial education to get to get on a good foot. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's so necessary mm-hmm. what you're doing and I, I really appreciate it. Sonia, I want to take some time before we go. We're really appreciative of all that you've shared. Like, you know, you've really dropped some major keys on us and I can't wait to read all the comments that we get from listeners. And we'll be sure to, we'll, we'll be sure to include all your contact information and how people can get in contact with you and get your books and resources and things like that, things like that. But I'm interested to know more about Sonia, the person, like you said, you were born and raised in Philly. Like, how old are you? What'd you go to school? Like, what's your favorite color? What do you like to eat? Like, just tell us about who you are. We are two black girls. Like, we like to talk about things that are necessary, but we want to hear. We want to hear about you. No, so I'm 30, but I still look 17. So I. Um, born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, I went to school Bloomsburg, PA, which is like in the sticks of outside of Philadelphia, the mountains. And um, the biggest thing on the news there is if you hit a duck and who did it, please turn yourself in. Um, <laughs> like, who hit this person? Please turn yourself in. It's a different world. And then see what else about me. Um, I am an only child, so I really, really love people, but I really love being separated from people. I can like live mm-hmm, my own little mm-hmm. world for hours and mm-hmm. all as well. So I do have to be mindful of them. <laughs> Uh, while having a business because I'm like, oh, no, we're good. You're good. I'm good. But I, I think for me, the last couple of years, my life has drastically changed because once I got into my gifts, you know, now I can afford to do the things I want to do, which is travel. 
I love to travel. I didn't know how much I loved traveling until I got the travel bug. And like every other week I'm flying or going somewhere. And so I love to travel within my own business. Um, And I'm just super grateful for the place that I am in because I'm super positive and always super happy. But it really took a lot of work to get to this woman. Like this woman, you know, that that you see or that you guys are getting to know or meet on Instagram. Like she took a lot of work to get there. That wasn't an overnight success, as it might seem like the business is. But and I say all that to say because I really am super diligent about always working on me and being the best version of me. Because the student loan doctor can't pop or can't be his best self if I'm not well or if I'm not whole. And so for me, I think what I realized is that when there's a call on your life or when you have a gift, like you almost have a due diligence to be well. You obviously have a due diligence, if you will, um, to figure out you. Because how are you going to impact the nation or how are you going to spread a message and you don't even like yourself? Yeah, man. Get me together. Get me together. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of hard work. I mean, it's been a long journey. Even this past December, like I got my weight loss surgery. That was big for me because I almost didn't want to do it. I was like, I like me. Congratulations. But thank you. But I was like, I think I like me now more. It's a little smaller. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> See the reaction. I'm like, now nah, I always was cute. Praise God. But you no, know, now. That's it, girl. <laughs> That's right. But now I realize I do have to walk the airports and the airports are long. And I can't be stopping and pulling over because I'm out of breath. Like, nobody got time for that. I can't be standing, you know, for hours on end doing a speech and my back start hurting. So I had to really figure out, like, what does it look like for you to be your best self, for you to be present for others? And I had to really have a hard conversation with myself. And it took a while. I didn't want to do that. And then I started thinking about my relationships. I mean, some friends had to go. Some family members had to get, cut, you know, cut back on. You know, even who I date had to change. Because I'm like, you know, everything to me is energy. And so I can't date Bob who has no goals or no ambition. And what I can't do is be a builder, builder bear creator for a man anymore either. Because sometimes when you're so powerful, people tap into you for your energy, right? Yes. Even energy zappers. They're what? not allowed in here. They're leeches. Because you call you being nice. You call them energy tappers. They are leeches. They pull from you. They don't offer right. anything. If, if I mean, hey, I always tell people, if you're going to zap my energy, it's $300. Listen, ain't nothing free. <laughs> and if you don't, if you can't cut the check, then you got to go. These are my rates, honey. They're going up. They are going up. <laughs> so I say all that to say, um, I'm very mindful even about people. I'm very mindful about dating. I'm just mindful. Mindfulness is the word. Because, again, when you really get into the flow of who you are and what your vision is and and what God told you to do, you don't have time to play around. And everybody is not on your time. Like, God didn't give them the vision. So, no, Bobo, he not going to understand. He got to go. No more. And and you know what? I saw some Instagram. It was so good. It's like, we get too old to be telling people why they're getting cut off. Just cut them. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I did say all that to say, because I know that your audience um, probably like similar age to to me or to you. And I think that a lot of times that what we don't understand about the later 20s and the 30s is that these are the years that define and lay us up for the golden years. Right. Like, I don't want to just figure this out at 50. That's way. Like, I want to figure that out, like right now. So when I'm in my 50s, I can look to my left and I can look to my right and say, that's my good girlfriend for over 10, 20 years. And I know that she ain't a snake. 
or I'm dealing with this man. I want to plan to be with him in a rocking chair because that's my partner. But these are the decisions and those are the conversations that we have to have right now in our 30s. And sometimes it might mean, sis, you might be a little lonely. That's okay, too. Come on. That's the truth. People got to right now get to know and love themselves. So anyway, I say all that to say I went through this whole journey. I really, really love who I am. I wake up every morning with gratitude because I know how hard I fought to get to this place. And I don't let anyone take me from this place. Not anyone. Um, And so I think if someone was listening to this, I would hope that they would, one, you know, look into getting their student loans fixed up, right? But two, um, let's go beyond student loans. This started because I was becoming intentional about being my best self. You cannot be broke and be whole. You cannot be a good giver broke. You cannot leave red bottoms behind nor an apartment. You can leave a home. So when you start thinking about who are you to the world and if you were to leave this world today or tomorrow, what could we say about you? And if we take great things, then you need to change the narrative of your story. Listen. Student loan preacher LLC. I was about to say the doors of the church open. <laughs> no, like, it's their one. They are open. We are in the <laughs> sanctuary. <laughs> Sonia, this you have spoken a word, and we it's so funny. You you don't even know that you were our segue. Um, I know we said we were gonna do it this week, but we we Sonia was so um so willing to come on the show and so wonderful to adjust her schedule for us that we are talking about black women's uh, health next week. Right. We're going to save that for next week, but you definitely were able to, yeah, to drop some gems yeah, that you will probably real recycle. Um, yeah. No, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, nailed it um, in terms of, hopefully, you know, even the goals of what, what we try to do with this podcast in terms of, you know, these these years, this time in our life being super critical Absolutely. in terms of setting our setting ourselves up, like you said. And, you know, now's the time where we have to learn how to adult for real. Like we was playing before, right. um, you know, just like, oh, girl, I'm grown because I can go to the club and buy my own drinks or whatever. But no, now is the time that we have to start making real time adult decisions that will not only impact ourselves, but, you know, future generations in our communities at large. So thank you so much, Sonia, for taking the time um, to just, you know, kick it with us for a little while. Um, We're going to make sure that the people will be able to reach you. We're going to encourage everyone. Y'all, please check out the student loan doctor, LLC.com. All that information will be in uh, the description box, but Yes, thank you, Sonia. Do you have any closing words? I mean, you've already, we've, we can give the benediction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just ask right? everyone follow us. If you know someone um, that needs us, please feel free to drop our information to them. We'll take the ball from there. Um, we have a lot of free webinars and we're on a tour right now. We have DC coming up at the end of March. Um, we're yeah. Atlanta in June, New York in May. Um, Los Angeles, I believe in June as well. So just always stay tuned. Instagram is always where we post stuff first. Um, when we are coming and where we're going um, and then you know even if you don't have loans I need you to come out to these events and bring your good girlfriend that has a loan because sometimes it takes people to just sit there with you Word. or you be the person that says I think we should check this out knowing daggone well is for the person you're telling that needs to check it out if that mm-hmm. makes sense 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to support each other in that regard. Totally. I'm I'm here in DC. I'm gonna definitely yeah. gonna make it my business to come and see you next uh and I guess next week or this week coming. Yeah, next week, the thirty first. I'm excited. All right, awesome. I'm gonna I'll make sure that uh, I let you know that I'm coming and hopefully I'll get a chance to hug your neck and thank you so much um for again hanging out with us. So y'all check out Sonia and her team. Yes, Sonia. And girl, you did that. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys. Honestly, truly, honestly, box time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you growled. You meant that. Shout out to Satchmo. Um, hey, Jade and Kia, I love listening to the as how. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. All right, it's all right. I love listening. How every week, listening every week, and learning how to get grown as I prepare to graduate from college. I'm yeah. writing to you guys because a couple of weeks ago, my best friend who I've known since I was in the third grade, asked me to co-sign a loan for her to get through the rest of the semester. Mm. She already took one out um, of school. She already took one out for the school year. I immediately knew I wasn't going to do it, but I lied and said I would check with financial aid to see if they thought it was a good idea. Well, now she reached out again, asking me to fill out the paperwork for the loan in a couple of days, even though I hadn't responded with my answers yet. I told her financial aid said it wasn't a good idea, and she laughed it off, saying that some other friends had done it previously, another red flag, and it hadn't hurt their credit. I have already felt a drift between us over the past couple of years, and I don't want to put any more tension on the friendship, but I don't know how to tell her no in a way that won't hurt our relationship. How do I say no to an idea I already know is a terrible idea without ruining a friendship? Side note, I spoke about it with my mom and roommate who already told me that it was a dumb idea and an unfair request. So I feel confident in my decision that I don't plan on changing my mind on that. In the past, I've helped her financially, never asking for her repayment, even hired her when my job had an opening. Thanks so much in advance. I love the show and hope y'all can help me out. Is she anonymous? Ooh, she's anonymous. Because I was going to ask you for her name so that I can say it. But <laughs> beloved. Just call her beloved. <laughs> <laughs> beloved. I don't feel like, okay, let me just say this. Let me offer you this perspective. I think that it's very noble that you are, you know, interested and willing and willing to take these preemptive measures to protect this friendship, this relationship to, to guard it from, you know, dissolving. Um, but I think that somebody who would ask you to do something like this, my heart of hearts is saying that, you know, this might, I I would question (laughs) their, their intention and, and their regard for you know me and for our relationship just just the the nature of this kind of request this is not something that you ask your friends to do especially um when you know that you guys are in a similar situation you know like read my mind i just like you guys are in the same it's not like you are older and established and you have more you just like you got so i'm if her credit is already shot like, I don't know why she would want to take yours down with hers. Um, right. And the fact that, you know, she's asked other people to do this and this is a habit or a pattern uh, and, it, and it reflects her uh, behavior and how she handles her mm-hmm. own finances. So why would you put your credit, um, you know, in jeopardy? 
But I mean, I don't want to spend any, a lot of time on that because you've already said that you know that you're not going to do this. I think that there's no way to safeguard, um, you know, yourself from losing this relationship. You've gone in, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, she probably will feel a way. Um, and if she does, then that might not be a person that you, mm. you will want mm. to take with you going forward into your life. Mm. Because friends don't ask friends to do these kinds of things. <laughs> I mean, like to take, like, no. I think to take huge risks like this on, on their behalf. I mean, and I mean, she's not offering with any kind of, if, if I, if my friend is in a bind, you know, I just have a policy when it comes to like financial things. Um, if my friend is in a bind and then like is up against the wall and they come to me, the only reason, the only way that I would even consider is if you ask me, you have to have a plan in place even before you ask me. When you fixing your mouth to ask me to do this, you have to know like, okay, I need to borrow such and such. I'm going to have, this is, these are the dates I'm going to pay you back. Like have it already, have a plan in motion um, before you even approach me and you know, cause that's going to let me at least give me some sort of indication that you've thought this through and you're, and you're working towards the resolve, but this is reckless. Um, and, and sometimes when we get to certain mm -hmm. phases through certain phases in our lives, you know, life will expose the people who we need to take with us and those who we need to leave <laughs> behind. Mm -hmm. So I'm not telling you mm -hmm. to just drop this girl off, but if she feels away and starts, you know, on that, on some rah-rah um, that you think will eventually end the, the relationship, then it might just be that that is just where, what it is. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm, I hope that that's not like abrasive or like that doesn't hurt your feelings, but I wouldn't worry about losing a friend <laughs> like this. Is that, is that shady? No, not at all. I, um, I was gonna say that girl has big, big, big cojones. Mm -hmm. The way that she even came at you, like I'm not even trying to instigate no mess or nothing, but the way that she even came at you, like on some, yeah, I need you to do this, like, and you hadn't even given her an answer, and she still hit you up, like, I need you to fill out this paperwork, like she just knew that you know this is what you were gonna do, or like this is what you're supposed to be doing, and that's not your friend. Like, that's not really your friend to be asking you to do stuff like that and to be coming at you like that. Um, and like Kia said, I would super, be super mindful about who you're taking into the future with you because you want to bring people with you who not, I'm not necessarily, your friends are not there to benefit you. You know what I'm saying? But they're not there to, to suck you dry either. They're not there to, to, to attach themselves to you like leeches. You know what I'm saying? And so, <clears throat> I just I just don't think that that was a very fair request at all. And I'm glad that you are already firm in what you're going to say. But I would be less worried about how the relationship is going to turn out. Um, you can know somebody for a really long time, but that doesn't necessarily make them a good person. You know what I'm saying? So that's all, all I facts. Do. All facts. Hope that helps. Um, I'm really sorry that that, you know, I don't know. that. that I'm sorry yeah. that you had to deal with that because, I mean, you out here trying to graduate, get excited and live your life and somebody's pressuring you and putting that kind of burden on you. Um, and I, I'm sorry right, that you have to deal with that. Huh? I'm, she's in school herself. That's like, what I'm saying. I, she she can I just graduate. don't understand. I don't understand what kind of good sense anybody has that comes to anybody and says, 
I know you in school, but I need you to co-sign this student loan for me. Like, bitch, I got my exactly. own worries right exactly. now. <laughs> and all of, yeah, I, I, I want you to focus on yourself. Um, and I commend you for being an awesome friend and being concerned about her feelings and, and y'all's relationship and everything like that. I think you should be totally honest with her and just tell her how you feel. If she asks you why, then you don't have to tell her. But if you want to tell her the truth, then you can. And if she feel like, what can she do about it? And like I said, if she gets all bucked and, and wants to get mad with you for not, for not, you know, taking on something this major for her, then that might not be somebody, like I said, it's probably not somebody that you want to be, uh, tangled up with for the rest of your life. No matter. Um, because I mean, when you, that's what's happening. You giving somebody your social security number. Would you give her your social security number? Would you just hand it to her? Probably no. not. So don't co-sign or nothing. And what kind of, Oh, I could just go, no, no. <laughs> just, don't do it, sis. Don't let me just it. end it here. Let me just end it here. <laughs> get yourself ready for graduation. Send us your announcement when you get ready to walk so we can shout you out. Oh, don't worry about this young lady. Coming. And don't think we forgot about our now annual shout out to my sis graduation period. Mm-hmm. So it's coming so back around. So you make sure you send us your uh, your graduation announcement, your graduation pictures of you and you alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope it works out for your girl. She can finish. But yeah, this is why. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. All right, let's move on to the petty peeves. <laughs> and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. Petty, petty peeve time. It's time to put your petty on parade. And I am... I'm ready. I'm a drum major for petty today. I have... I'm just leading the line. I'm leading the line. Um, because so Twitter has been an interesting place for me here lately. This week has been quite, uh, eventful in my mentions. I've been heavy on the yes. block hand. My block hand has been strong out this piece. It has. Uh, but you know, you know, it comes with the territory you live and you learn, you move forward. Um, I, my petty peeve is for specifically for, it's not all men, not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a man basher, but I'm a person who, you know, I like to call things things like, you know, where's the Iyanla? Like, I just like to call a thing a thing. And mm-hmm. I have opinions. I have thoughts of my own. And I feel like I have learned and experienced uh, enough in my life where I have the capacity to express myself in thoughtful ways. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm above correction. But at the same time, I'm also uh, not at all in need of anybody lecturing me on how to express myself. Specifically, I don't need any man (laughs) telling me (laughs) how to, how like effective ways to communicate like as a woman. Don't tell me that as a woman, I have to do X, Y, Z, or I'll probably get more, uh, you know, have more productive conversations if I ex, you know, ABC. I don't need a man yes, to tell me anything about how to express myself. Um, I has, I had a tweet that you know hit hit the hit the streets this week, and the whole got a hold of it, 
and it was a, a forest fire in my mentions for a few days. Thank the Lord for the mute the conversation feature on Twitter. Hallelujah. Um, mm. But I had to deal with some men uh, who jumped up in my mentions and wanted to tell me as a woman how to respond to offensive comments. Like if, if a man offends me, um, I res- a man said something offensive to me, I responded. And then a whole brigade of men were in my mentions telling me, oh, you should have said X, Y, Z. Yeah. Musty. So a man said something offensive to me. I responded. He took offense. I didn't feel like I said anything that was particularly rude. The issue, you know, he said something that I thought was confusing. I asked him to clarify. He didn't. So, um, you know, I, I responded, um, and then I decided to block him and I shared the contents of our conversation (laughs) on Twitter. And there was all these men that wanted to come and tell me that it was my responsibility. Like it was unproductive for me to be rude to him and I should not have been rude. And I just thought it was fascinating because somebody could say something rude to me, but it is my place as a woman to to construct and deliver a response that's not offensive um, to the man because I don't want to I don't want to be offensive in return because then if the conversation is unproductive it's my fault I'm blamed and I mean it's just like damn my feelings to hell I don't give a crap that your feelings were hurt you did not have the right to offend that man even though that man offended you so cool, I guess yeah yeah so uh, uh, <laughs> I'm here to say that. Um, I don't need anybody to tell me how I know. I know how to speak for myself. I've been doing it for 35 years now. I don't need, I especially don't need no man to tell me how to do anything with regard to representing myself or what's, what's more effective or productive for me. Like God bless your heart. (laughs) And I, and I'm not saying I'm close. I'm not close to having productive, meaningful conversations, but don't lecture me. Don't come at me assuming or making a judgment about how you think I handle the situation and then expect me to just be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Cause if I don't agree, then I'm not going to agree for the sake of your feelings. Amen. And I think I'm finished. Um, you know, Twitter just divulges all of the trash of society. Um, and a lot of them have penises. Um, <laughs> I, I, did I tell you? What? There's a lot of trash trashy women as well but you know oh, oh, that's not what you were gonna say absolutely right i will say i told you all did i tell you all the international women's day story yes you did yeah see <laughs> niggas asking me if i can lift 200 pounds bleeding nigga you can't lift 200 pounds and you're not <laughs> bleeding so oh my lord I don't, we don't want to hear anything from you if you don't have anything productive to say um my petty peeve is is one of the age old street harassment this week? Oh boy, um, fun! It's been a while. I was in the CVS looking at the cards, and so reading this, cards, reading cards. You know, I was gonna I was trying to pick out a, a, a nice card, and so um, this musty nigga decides that he's gonna come <laughs> and stand off to the side and just stare. I mean, he did like the lean back and like just made it very obvious that he was looking at me. So I continue to ignore his entire existence, but obviously I see him out of my peripheral vision because you got to stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. And he's like, 
you looking nice. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I keep looking at the cards. Oh, you're not going to say nothing back? Fuck you then, bitch. <laughs> oh. I, said, I said, how does it feel to get curved by somebody? I was like, do you feel good about yourself? You should leave the store. You don't even have a home. He doesn't. Oh he was homeless. Uh, I was like, oh how does it God. feel to be in your 30s and homeless? I was like, you are still, <laughs> you still can be a productive member of society. Yeah. I was like, but you're 30 and you're homeless. How does that feel? Yeah. And I'm yelling at the CBS. Jane, oh my god! <laughs> like you was going, you came to me crazy. So you thought you saw it, you know. And I was look, I looked nice that day. You know what I'm saying? I looked real like I had on some nice flowy pants and a, and a, just a a simple top. You know what I'm saying? But you know, my skin was glowy. My hair was nice this day. But you thought like you thought you was going to cuss me out, and I was going, I was going to dumb down like a little mouse. No, I'm going to scream, and I'm going to humiliate you because I don't mind humiliating myself. I'm going to humiliate you in this CVS until you walk out of those revolving doors. And so I did. I continued to scream at him as he walked out of the store. Oh, my gosh. So you harassed him back. I sure the fuck did. Oh, My mother said when God. we were chill, when we were babies, when we would bite her, she would bite us back so that we learn not to be out here biting people because there are repercussions for your actions. And so, yes, he showed me his crazy. So I let all of mine out. I took my bra off and unleashed all of my crazy. <laughs> Help us. They're going to say that we're we're man bashing this petty peeve segment. Man bashing? No, this nigga harassed me. So I harassed him back. I'm I don't not care mad. What y'all I'm not say. arguing with you. I just think that. I just think I don't care what they say. If they say it, they can go somewhere else. I'm preparing for the comments to be on fire. Okay. Um. Well, ashy niggas, stay away. Okay. Don't be over here creating forest fires with all of your dry ash. Man, 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 man. I just think that it's awesome. it's so crazy that it seems as though there there are people. Um. And I don't want to generalize, but I have experienced in my life a lot of men who are more than comfortable letting you know, like, like more than comfortable kind of, you know, using their agency. If they have an opinion, they'll say it. If they disagree with something, they'll say it, um, which is an opinion. I guess I just repeated myself. <laughs> if, they want, if they do something, if they want to do something, they'll do it. I'm saying they do what they want. Mm-hmm. Um but they are often just taken aback completely when a woman uh, exercises the same agency. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's okay for you to tell me what you think, but when I respond with what I think, then I'm being too much. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm offensive. I'm X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I'm just very tired of all of that. We'll close out the petty P for women's history month by stating <laughs> that y'all got to get out of here with that foolishness because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Take your ashy ass on somewhere. We don't want none of that over here. Simply put. uh, But in the meantime, (laughs) for those who don't want to be ashy, you may drink your water. Yes, man. And mind your business and moisturize. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it is dry. It sure will. You got to be more careful. Bye. Peace out, y'all.